Welcome to Leave Your Mark, where I explore the influences that have shaped the lives of our incredible guests. These are the stories of lives worth talking about. Follow me on Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at King O'Pain, or link up with me on my Facebook fan page at Scott G. Livingston. My goal is to create a community of people who take every opportunity to live high-performing lives. Before I get started on today's podcast, I want to take a moment to connect you with my sponsor, ReconditioningHQ.com. Reconditioning is a method and language of integrated practice. It brings the worlds of therapy and conditioning together and helps them become more powerful and more practical. If you live in one or both of these worlds or you use the services of a therapist or conditioning coach, you know that sometimes they don't see eye to eye. They aren't on the same page. Reconditioning provides a time-tested process for aligning these two worlds and creating impactful solutions to performance problems. Follow them at Reconditioning HQ on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or become a member of their Facebook group, Reconditioning HQ Revolution, and join the Reconditioning Revolution. Hello and welcome to Leave Your Mark. I'm Scott Livingston, and today I have the honor of speaking with Charlie Weingroff. Charlie is a highly respected physical therapist, athletic trainer, and strength conditioning coach currently based out of several personal facilities in the New York City area. Charlie is a physical performance lead and head strength and conditioning coach for the Canadian Men's National Basketball basketball team. Previously he held roles at Nike's Executive Performance Council, the United States Marine Corps Special Operations Command, and acted as head strength conditioning coach for the Philadelphia 76ers of the NBA. He was also the director of athletic development for Erotic Grunberg Tennis Academy. Charlie has consulted for teams in all major North American sports as well as Manchester United, Manchester City, and the English Premiership League. He often lectures overseas, and his relationship with the Beijing Yanding Trading Company has brought him through mainland China for the last five years. Charlie's training equals rehab is considered to be a thought leading model that brought the light of the value of medical fitness and science professionals all working together as one staff or unit. He has been a leading edge practitioner in the world of human performance for many years now, and I'm honored to have him on the show today. Welcome, Charlie. What's up, man? That's a, that's a whole lot of stuff you just read there. Very flattering. Thank you. Yeah, well, uh, it's nice to, you know, like I said before we got on, it's uh, nice to, to, it's a personal passion of mine and and somewhat selfish part of this podcast is the opportunity to sit down with people uh, that I respect in the in the human performance profession, but we don't always get chances to, to talk or run into each other. I, I've watched you speak, uh, enjoyed your, your, your presentations and the work you do, and I, I got to know you circuitously through Sam Gibbs a little bit, uh, who I know you work with uh, with the Canadian my, uh, national team. My best man. Yeah. So, uh, so Sam, Sam is the best man in my wedding, and uh, all of his kids uh, uh, are are they also have a have a role in, in the Flower Girls and the Ring Bear. So, uh, yeah. did, you, did you just get you just got married? You said. Or? So so uh, obviously uh, the uh, the the current. <laughs> The current times, I, I I don't know I don't know if it's like that there, but but here I, I think the media like makes people say certain things, so they they say um, these uncertain times, and it's like that I don't say that because it sounds really corny. Uh, the 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 current situation is uh, so so my wedding proper has been moved now three times, so it's not going to be until uh, around eleven months from now ne- next year. But right, right before everything went down uh, to a significant point, uh, my my wife and I got married at a ju- justice of the peace. So um, we we took care of that. So um, okay. 
she she actually doesn't tell people so much because obviously there's still going to be a ceremony, but mm-hmm. we will have already been officially married. But I could probably say it on every podcast for the next year and no one will care because it, it'll still be a lot of fun when we do it live. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so so I yes, I am. I am technically uh, married, but uh, we have not had the ceremony because of the because of the virus. Well, congratulations and uh, thank you. Good luck with the final um, party when it all comes together at the end. <laughs> well, hey, ain't, ain't no luck, ain't, ain't, no, ain't no luck needed because they won't give us our money back, so we're gonna have to have a party. <laughs> now, the, they, the, the, the folks we're working with, they've been very uh, good. Well, we have a very, very good planner who's certainly earning her money, but um, I think they've taken the approach that like they'll do whatever you ask if, as long as it's possible to change things, to change the dates but they're not going to give you your money back. So right. <laughs> no, no luck required. There will be an event, uh, uh, given the amount that we have already uh, paid for. Well, the good thing about the uncertain times is by the time you get there, the party will probably be astronomically uh, impressive with everybody, everybody I, wanting I think, to party. Yeah, my, uh, Allie, <laughs> Allie says that this is going to be uh, the party of, of, the li- of a lifetime because it might be the first party for a lot of people. <laughs> uh, so, yeah I don't know. so well let's go back a little bit you are are you born and raised in in new york or did you just come circuitously to born live? born in new york but not raised uh okay. raised in uh tom tom's river new jersey okay which uh I somewhat no well yeah for for a tiny little well not tiny but for a, for a town in the jersey shore um it I I would prefer to be known for baseball, which uh, which is obviously is well known for that. But uh, it is the mainland town to Seaside Heights, from where Jersey Shore was filmed. And I have been to many of the places that are in that show. And people <laughs> like that are no, like you know. I think I think what made Jersey Shore such a cool show is uh, that's not it's not it's not made up now. I'm sure they're all like whacked out for the amount of alcohol they get, but <laughs> the behavior, the overall behavior is, is not like, it's not trumped up. Like it's, it's, that's normal. So, uh, that, that yeah, type I've been of there behavior. a couple of times. I can, I can attest to that for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I, I grew up, uh, I grew up in Tom, in Tom's river and, uh, um, never really had a lot going on in the New York area. One one year I came and lived in New Jersey uh, in my working career, but then until I from Marine Corps uh, about a decade ago is when um, uh, that's when I started to to work in in New York. Mm-hmm. So, did, what what were your big influences growing up? Was 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 sports a big influence for you? Or uh, oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. And yeah, what did I you play know, uh, predominantly? So, so uh, my two my two sports aside from other things that maybe you do for like one year, two years, um, I, I was uh, I played hockey and I played baseball. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So, if you play baseball in Tom's River, you don't suck. But uh, that's, uh, um, I, I, I probably liked hockey better. But uh, I played uh, I played base. Yeah, those are the two sports. I was goalie, and then a catcher and third base in uh, in baseball. So were you a Rangers fan or an Islanders fan growing up? Rangers. Rangers. <laughs> yeah. So Who was think, your favorite Rangers I, goalie then? John Davidson or no. somebody? <laughs> or is no, that John, one? John, John Davidson would have been the announcer uh, during my time. Uh, how, how old do you think I am? Uh, I, I probably um, 
See, I don't, I don't really identify a big difference uh, between John Van Beesbrook and Mike Richter, but uh, Beeser and um, Ricky, Ricky, yeah. Okay. I, I, I was, I mean, because they're both kind of little like me, but Beezer was probably smaller. And now, neither of them were my favorite goalie. My favorite goalie was Dominic Kasich, uh, mm. just because you know he didn't really play like other people, and so I described. And I wasn't, I wasn't as good in hockey as I was in baseball. But I described my goaltending style as a cross between Van Beesbrook because I'm five foot nothing. I would have to come out like really, really far. Um, but, but I played more like Hasek, you know, where I didn't have a play like his, like where, you know, I don't know what, there was a loose puck, you know, probably couldn't have been 10 feet inside the blue line. And I was sprinting towards the other guys. So, and, and then, except I did a, I did a, a what do you call it? A poke, poke check. Poke check, yeah. Uh, versus Hasek's famous play. He he went feet first. I don't know what he was trying to do with it. Um, but I made the play. I made the play. So that's... Uh, nice. Yeah, just love, love watching him play. So what's the influence for you to get into... Um call it the human performance world i'm kind of interesting in unpacking which one came first the the trainer the physical therapist or the strength coach what uh, and what were your what was your draw to that our sponsor reconditioninghq.com is going virtual the reconditioning level one has been turned into a complete online experience and all the time tested systems and processes are now available to you in 20 hours of online video modules and two virtual zoom sessions. Reconditioning is a very powerful language and system of practice that brings the worlds of therapy and performance together in one complete package and helps you deliver the most powerful injury and performance solutions to your clients. Check them out at reconditioninghq.com today and join the reconditioning revolution um I, I probably have a cliche story where you know you figure you're an athlete and you're not gonna you know be an, uh, an athlete you know playing the game forever so how do you get to stay around sports um I, I mean i don't really think there's anything more to it than that as far as you know how i tried to get into what i was doing um i, I don't know the answer uh, to which came first because i was always training i was always lit well at that point it was i wouldn't call it training it was lifting um, I, I, uh, I was good. I, I, I was actually good at lifting probably because of my levers and, and whatnot and my dad coaching me. So I always lifted and I always just lifted because it made me feel the way I wanted to feel. I was probably a fat kid. So I got into that and, and it, I just felt like it made me a better baseball player and goalie. Um, but then when I went to college, so like for, for you guys, it's called athletic therapist in America. Mm-hmm. It's called athletic tra- certified athletic mm-hmm. trainer. Mm-hmm. And, um, that was what I went to. That was why I went to, to college. That was my game plan. Okay. And, and then, uh, from, from there, I figured I would, uh, since most of the jobs are in college, uh, I, I wanted to be either athletic trainer, uh, but then I want to be a professor. Like I would get a PhD in uh, something that would allow me to stay in that and as an as an ATC but then after my first year of uh and and I met my advisor her name was Dr. Tina Welgum and she said point blank your grades are too good to not try to go to PT school you're you're actually going to take all the same courses in your undergrad just try to do that because the worst thing that happens is that you're a more marketable athletic trainer, even if you never, ever want to be a physical therapist. Mm. So good and bad. Good was that she was hundred percent right. And from the day, like every job I had was because I was, uh, 
uh, an athletic trainer. Like it was an athletic trainer job, but I was ahead of the line because I had these other qualities. What, uh, what she forgot to tell me was don't tell people that when you're going to physical therapy school, because <laughs> uh, I didn't care. What, I didn't want to do, you know, and, and no, physical therapy school was a joke. It was high school was harder for me than physical therapy school. Um, but I had a hard time in physical therapy school because when I was an athletic trainer, America, the terrible political between those two professions. And, and I didn't, I, they, they want to make you a generalist. And like, I didn't want to be a generalist. I knew what I wanted to do. So she, she didn't tell me that part, but I know better now. I, 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 I made my mistakes. So, uh, so I would say I was an athletic trainer, even, even in, so I was in the MBA two, two times, even the second time I started off as assistant athletic trainer. Um, but then, so that, well, I don't remember what year old, but this did not happen a strength conditioning coach now i kind of always looked the part uh and there were people wait me so i don't want to have too much bravado but i uh, i was i was competing in powerlifting so i kind of you know all right my arms weren't small and because we didn't have a strength coach i think because of how i looked, the players gravitated to me uh you know chuck wagon like let's, let's go get a workout in you know mm. but 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 at that point i knew how to lift i knew how to coach lift didn't, I was still a physical therapist and, 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 a, and an athlete trainer. But when you're at the professional sports level, you, you're, you're not like when you're doing it right, you're not reactive. Like you're, 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 you're using physical therapy methods, rehabilitation or recovery methods to, to maintain performance. It's not mm-hmm. like somebody has surgery and you're you know, reacting that way. Mm-hmm. So then uh, after my first year in Philly, I, I, got, I got promoted to be the head strength coach. And that was around the same time that my, because of at least how I viewed the strength conditioning coach position at, at, in the NBA at that time, um, I was able to, to get exposed to people that I look up to that had, whether, whether you call it a movement-based approach or you know, combining things that were strength and conditioning, a little bit of rehab, et cetera. And that's how, that's kind of how, I kind of have the current mindset uh, that that I that I have because it wasn't it wasn't normal back then. Mm. Like, and, you know, I, I would say I don't. It's very flattering if people think I have influenced them, and I guess if you throw a couple, you know, vodkas down my throat, yeah, like I guess I probably have, you know, influenced uh, a significant part of our profession. That doesn't matter. Everybody's going to win if, if we we follow good things, but. Um, the uh, like I, I still don't think anybody like I think I suck at explaining you know how I think like I don't because I don't I don't I don't know anybody I don't know anybody that 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 thinks the way I do um, you know the in terms of what it really is like your original question about which came first like there is no neither of them came first there was always one thing and I think there's like I get a I get irritated with uh, bridge the gap. There is no gap. First of all, I use that before anybody else. So I don't, I don't care about credit. It's just, you know, that's just, you know, there is no gap and I was wrong. I should not have used that terminology. And plus the people that use it, I really don't respect very much. And, and then, and then the other thing that irritates me is like, there's a, like, 
it's really good that there's physical therapists that understand how to coach lifts, even complex, you know, athletic development lifts, like Olympic lifting. I think that's awesome. That's not what I do. Like I'm, I'm that, like, that's really good that they do that. So they can help people use physical therapy methods or understand their injuries and, and efficiency or inefficiency in their lifts. But I, I don't like, that's a big difference than being able to, you know, you know, coach, a, uh, you know, a kid from the time he's 13 until he's in the NBA, you know, like, uh, um, that, like that, that's just two totally separate things. And I, I don't like, I don't like, uh, being, you know, bucketed into mm-hmm. like hybrid. I'm not a hybrid. Like mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm Charlie. Like, and that's just, uh, so was there uh, any, was there any particular individual that did, um, influence your thought process or did you come upon it through your own sort of trial and error and practice? Matrix Fitness is one of the largest commercial fitness brands in the world and one of the fastest growing in the industry. Their equipment and programs are used by athletes and coaches at all levels globally. COVID-19 has changed and will change so many things. During these uncertain times, Matrix's team of engineers have quickly put together its free home workout app and youth at-home workout programs. With its launch just a couple of weeks ago, they now have first responders, pro athletes, and average folks using the guide to help them with their daily movement. This is a great example of how Matrix strives to be the best fitness company in the world to serve people and communities is their goal. You can download their free app and see additional resources at matrixtotalsolutionssupport.com. That is H-T-T-P-S www.matrixfitnesssolutionssupport.com. Oh, definitely. But, but it was, it would, it would not be because somebody said do this. Right. It was, oh man, it's, 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 I, I stumble because it's, there's a potential lack of humility, but in, in what I'm in what I want to say, so I have to dance a little bit because I, I do feel it's important to be respectful and not and, and make sure that what I'm saying is is truly uh, interpreted as as intended. But I think I think I was probably able to see something in someone else's message mm-hmm. that they didn't see. So mm-hmm. like they did tell it to me. So like when I hear somebody, so I'll try to make this like a sensational thing. Like when I, when I hear uh, Louis Simmons talk, like there's so much that I hear that he's not saying mm. that, that, that makes that, that, that is uh, contributing. And, and that's because, you know, I, 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 pro- I, I've taken like, I'm like, Oh my God, like, wait, say that again, Re- rewind. And then like, Oh my God, like that's, that's what I, that's what they said in this other you know seminar. Mm-hmm. And neither of them would ever be like 5,000 miles from each other in their methodologies. Mm-hmm. And, and the influence would be all the you know, same people um, that, that other people look up to. And, and they came before it came before me, but I think it's, it was more of, I, I was able to see things that, 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 that weren't in the words or, or the actual message. Mm-hmm. And it was because I had seen other things that were not in the words or the message. So now uh, if that makes me you know, show hubris and shame on me, but um, uh, I, I think that's, that's, that's kind of the best way to answer. Well, it's funny. I'm going to do something. I generally wait to do late till later in my podcast, but I was reading it before I came in. And it's the reason why I asked you what's your birthday, which, which I will not reveal to anybody because you asked me not to, but I will tell you that 
Um, I hate birthdays. I, hate I know. Birthdays. I hate I, I'm not celebrating your birthday. I'm just telling you <laughs> okay, that cool. you're a Scorpio nine. Okay. So okay. Your, your purpose is to use the power of your ego to persuade others to follow your path, your dreams and your, your desires, which include a vision of helping those in need. Wickedness is always <laughs> easier than virtue for it takes the shortcut every, 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 everything james boswell the scorpio nine likes to have things their way and with the least amount of fuss they are direct and honest even when they are doing something wrong they know how to create their world and when they're confident no one can stop them they also have charm and lots of sex appeal of course they know how to use both to their advantage if they lack faith and a strong sense of self the reverse is possibility and others may overwhelm them protection and the ability to confront and fight are important impatient and they seldom stop to reflect they need to learn not to be afraid of solitude once they discover their true nature their strength will be real and long-lasting hard work is needed to develop their talents that's a little piece of you sir. yeah maybe you, you you had me until sexy or uh, i'm like that was me, but... <laughs> well uh, we have to have your wife here to ask maybe you mean you know that that might be yeah. true <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so sometimes i She's my, my wife is into astrology in a similar way, I guess, that, that you are. Like, sometimes it's like, yeah, you can say that about anybody. But, like, yeah, that, uh, obvi- obviously there were some things there that resonated that would be very, um, I, I would think, would be accurate descriptors of me. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, having bounced into you from time to time and heard you lecture, you have a, re- a very direct sort of approach to the way you express yourself and a, a sense of confidence in what it is that you express. Um, and I think that's that's a strength that you have that allows you to sort of progress and move forward with the things that you want to do and, and to move and change things the way you have in your influence. Um have you ever, was there ever a moment when you were younger that you kind of ran into that being a, a limiting factor for you or a challenge like, that you, that maybe just feeling that sense of confidence or, or whatever it was, was challenged you in some way, shape or form? Uh, I'm, I'm hesitant to say confidence, um, but, but yeah, like uh, all my failures, I could look back and like, like I could say like, I, today I would have done it differently, but back then I would have done it. I thought I was doing it the best way possible. Hmm. And yeah, like, I mean, there was times I remember somebody said to me, like, Charlie, can you turn it off for one day? Like, just, you know, it's almost like, don't let, don't let, uh, don't let excellent be the enemy of good kind of thing where <laughs> I'm like, dude, this is so wrong. And like other people would agree that it was wrong and inefficient, or there was a better way to do it. But you know, that I wasn't in a position of power and to today I'm still not, you know, and, 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 you know, now maybe I'm in more, more often I'm in situations, but it just, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, if I, if I, if I had, um, it's like this backhanded, uh, analysis, uh, of my, um, of my working career or maybe even before then too, as, uh, in college or high school or whatever, that that um, if if I, I, I like, what would you tell your younger self? I should keep my mouth shut. Except, <laughs> except if if you keep your mouth shut, not two things happen. Number one, you clearly are not being part of the solution, hmm. uh, and I'm not on the current path where I feel very good about currently today as we speak. Maybe not tomorrow. 
of my self-awareness and mm. and it's impossible to be self-aware when your your tank is your 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 mind body and spirit tank is not full mm-hmm. so um yeah like maybe maybe i'd uh maybe i'd still be in the nba even though i can't think of anything that i did that 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 uh you know would would lead me to um you know either not get a new deal, you know, the or or not be of of interest at this point. Um, except, I I wouldn't have done all these other things if I was right. in the NBA. So it's a it's an interesting way of looking back at it. But yeah, like, I mean, it's like it's like the bane of my existence. You know, like I, I remember being in, in Marsoc, and it was like it was it was a shit show from the start. And I was like, why did you bring me here? Like, if you didn't want any of this, like, why did you? And what a joke, you know, so, um, yeah, but, uh, but, so how does, how does your, your first opportunity in the National Basketball Association happen for you? Like what you're, you're working where uh, and how does that yeah. sort of spin its tires for you? What's in your ZNA? That is a question our sponsor Zenkai Sports has for you. Are you interested in increasing your performance output, helping the environment, and doing less laundry? If you answered yes to any of those questions, please go to ZenkaiSports.com and check out the latest innovation in performance apparel. Zenkai uses cutting-edge technology that repels sweat and other liquids. Zenkai apparel lets the sweat stay on your skin, keeping your cooler for longer and repelling odor-causing bacteria. This means Zenkai apparel can be worn 10, 15, 20 times with no washing required. I would highly recommend trying this amazing product, and I've teamed up with them so you can get 20% off your entire order. Just head over to ZenkaiSports.com and use the discount code LYM20. So my, my, uh, when I did my, here, I'll go back even further because it's probably an interesting story. So in, in, I graduated college in three years. So what would have been my second year, which was really my third year, you had to do like a, a capstone. Like you had to get an internship that was for credits and you had to do certain things. They had to agree to all of it, blah, blah, blah. So I went to, I went to a, play, a physical therapy uh, clinic in, in Tom's River that, 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 that it was like, it was called Health South. It's a company that's not around anymore. Hmm. And that was like where sports medicine happened. They spent all this money to like sponsor every team. It was all bullshit, but they, um, that's, uh, they didn't give me the time of day. And actually my brother, who I think was getting rehab there for his shoulder, they didn't give me the time of day. So I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? So my uncle was getting physical therapy at a place down the street. Cause it's like the, the healthcare t- you know, road. So all this whole bunch of places. And they said, yes. So uh, doing my thing, you know, for about a week or so, two weeks, Charlie, everybody here loves you. We'll give you ten bucks an hour if you can work every day. Just don't. We won't tell. Just don't tell your school because it would be against the rules. And you can. You're still going to do all the things that you would do for the uh, for your internship, but we'll pay you. Uh, you just have to work this. So, okay. So now I have this relationship, and the and the therapist's name was Joe Napolitano, and and he's the you know the mind you now like the, everybody's got this like outlier story like if if nothing you're not talking to me today if i go to hell south maybe someone else will be talking to me but not you and and um so i i'm now i'm working there as a tech as an aide and then in 1998 was my second year of physical therapy school and there was a a a minor league 
in basketball. It was called the United States Basketball League. It would be like double A in baseball. And it went from like pretty much March to June or April to June, July, something like that. And the team doctors that won the uh, opportunity to be there, they were, they were the main referral source for Joe. They said, Joe, do you have any athletic trainers? Because I was already an athletic trainer from my undergrad. They're like, yes, I've become the trainer for a minor league basketball team. So that's 98. And the head coach was Rick Barry, top 50 you know, player, one of the greatest of all time. And the assistant coach was Clifford Ray, who played with, uh, with, with Rick in Golden State. Uh, Clifford was rookie of the year in 1975 with the Bulls. So I'm now getting exposed to professional basketball and have two NBA coaches. And um, so I graduate PT school in 99. And I'm talking with Clifford because, you know, very close, very disappointed. I don't, I don't keep in better touch with him today as I think about it. I said, Clifford, a couple of years ago, you were an assistant coach with the Nets and, you know, with Coach Butch. Butch Beard was the co- head coach. I said, um, I'm, I'm kind of into this basketball thing. Um, do you, maybe you know the athletic trainer. You can give him a call or, or something. Because I always thought I was either going to go to the military, I was going to go to the NFL as an athletic trainer, or be a pediatric physical therapist. Pretty cool. All of those things have happened at a, at a fairly high level. So check, check, check. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I call, uh, the, the athletic trainer with the nets, I called him, his name was Ted Arzonico and he, uh, I called them on a Thursday and I'm like, you know, Clifford Ray, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing this down in, in, in Asbury park. Uh, I interviewed with him in person, um, on, uh, on, on Friday. So one day after I called them, so that Sunday I was in the NBA and, um, that's how, that's how, that's how that happened. So it's a, a, a longer story, but maybe a little bit more interesting than, than if I started uh, toward, towards the end. So that's how I, that's how I got that. That's how I got that opportunity. Um, through the year, I, I was not full time. And then at the end of the year, um, I did the USBL again, because I always like, tried to do something that I could do to, to be, be as close to the NBA as, as I could. So if I need to get more experience in the minor leagues, then that's what I was going to do now. That, that didn't help me, but that was what I thought to do at the time. And Ted got fired. Ted, Ted was let go. So I get a call. We're going over. Um, we're, we're, Cause in minor leagues, you're the, you're a lot of things. And so I was driving the van. We were on our way to a game in the USBL. And one of the ops guys calls me Ian Rubel. And he, uh, he's like, Charlie, uh, we fired Teddy. John Nash wants to know if you can be here tomorrow. Uh, yeah. And so that summer, I, uh, I'm very comfortable putting on my resume, uh, despite never really being given the, the name was interim head athletic trainer. Um, <laughs> so now that's the summer of 2000. And, um, but I did everything that the head trainer would do. And, and um, that's, uh, I, I was not retained um, after that period of time. And then, um, then went to the minor leagues and then went back to, uh, went back to the NBA uh, a couple years later. When you look back at that time, what was, what impressed you about that experience and what disappointed you about it? Well, look, to be, to be 21, 22 years old and being on, uh, charter flights and, and being around NBA superstars, uh, and just being in a world that is so exclusive. I mean, I remember 
man, waking up at 5.15 in the morning ain't so bad, you know, when you're, when you're going in a, you know, there's, there's bars everywhere and all the Gatorade you could drink and, and the gym and, and man, like, oh my God, like I'm 22, 23. And like, this is it. Like, like I, I'm, I did it. Um, I mean, the, I remember the first time I got on the plane, um, you know, getting a bag of gear and, and, you know, having as a, in the, in the training room, all these, every supply you could possibly imagine. And, and like, oh, uh, like, I mean, oh my God, I wish I had this. Oh yeah. It's in the third drawer down on the right. I'm like, oh my God. Like, and, and I remember we had a team meeting and I, these are things that are like from 2000, like 1999, like I'm, I'm, I'm recounting. That's how easily I remember it, how impactful where Teddy, um, now we had all been together for a little bit, but we had a big team meeting and training camp, which was in Atlantic city. And, and Ted uh, introduced me again saying, Hey, you, you know, you, you guys can, can go to, you know, you can go see Charlie. Like he knows what he's doing. It was something like that. I'm like, Holy fuck. This dude just you know, like said in front of at that time, Keith Van Horn and, and Stefan Marbury. And like, these were our top players. And, um, it was, uh, man, like I, I did this. Now it turns out that, you know, I, right now, I mean, I'm in the league now for a couple of weeks and I started to see that it, none, how good you are. Like there's a lot more of pushing people off the ladder than, than helping them up. And, and I would just, you know, so now um, you know, there was a period of time where I wasn't really involved during the year and I'm like, and then Teddy gets fired and here, maybe this was an, um, bravado and confidence and i'm like yo if that dude kept me around i would have saved him from being fired he never would have got fired and he would have got to stay in new jersey where he grew up and and he had his his collection of of uh antique fire engines and he could live where he wanted you know and 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 i and what i found and and it's to this day um maybe it doesn't revolve around me anymore but but where um people people don't like they don't they, they look at other people as a threat to their to, to what they have other than someone that can truly um make them look good hmm. and and like i don't i, I don't know I, if if i can help you be better like why do you think i, I don't like i'm happy with what i have like yeah you know, so um and 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 that 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 really hurt and it still does um, particularly because it's still it's still there. Whether it does whether it does affect me or it doesn't affect me is irrelevant. Um, it's uh, it's so, it's a very real very real thing there. So as a baseball slash hockey guy, what what do you fall in love with in basketball? I I mean I don't know. I just I just grew up as an adult, you know, a young adult in basketball. So I don't know. I mean, I never like I said, I always wanted to be in football. I wanted to to be in the military. Um, I don't I don't remember there being anything specifically that gravitated to basketball, um, other than that's where the opportunity was. Mm. And if I didn't like it, I probably would not have continued, or or I would have just marched myself out by behaving be behaving in a, in, a, in an appropriate way because I didn't enjoy the experience. So I don't really know. But like now, it's like I'm known as a basketball guy, and um, I just don't know any other way. Like mm. there's nothing. Now look, um, maybe over the last several years, you know, football, uh, you know, basketball, football, golf, tennis. And then, you know, if I, if I count four fingers on one hand, I'll put powerlifting on the other. Cause I don't consider powerlifting the same as, 
as those sports. So that's where I've had significant um, opportunity to impact very, very high levels. Hmm. And I, I don't, people ask like, where would you, like, what do you like the best? I'm like, I would say basketball because that's just where I grew up as, as a, you know, in my twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what, there's nothing really about the sport. Like I could watch, you know, a, a, a hot reel of any sport and be like, Oh, like, and, and be enthralled as a fan. Um, but how, I don't how know. do you get involved with the Canadian national basketball team? Then how's that come around? So Sam, Sam was in the league around the same time as I was. And, um, I don't, I honestly don't remember really having much of a relationship with him. I certainly remember the name and, uh, he was, he, he also probably had a, a little bit similar story as, uh, as me in terms of maybe how his skill set was or was not appreciated. And, and, and which then led to, to, you know, further, um, non opportunities. And I don't remember the year, but it had to have been around somewhere between like Oh nine and 10, because I started in, in the, uh, in the summer, I started somewhere in around 10, 11 with, with Canada basketball. He called and, and this was around the time that Canada basketball really got a big reboot. Um, where Steve Nack became uh, a prominent uh, front office executive. There was a lot of money put into the organization. Jay Triano came back. That's my coach. And, um, and a lot of money was involved. And, and at that time, Sam had probably been already 10, 12 years as the head athletic therapist. And he's like, would you want to be a part of this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I mean, and now here's this, at the time, I probably didn't really think that way, but now I'm very spiritual. It's like, okay, God doesn't want me in the NBA, but he does want me to be in basketball. Nothing happened for like a year. Like it was, it, it didn't happen yet. And then, uh, you know, there was a, uh, a camp in, uh, that had every stud that you could imagine. And it's like on Facebook somewhere there's pictures and it's like, oh my God, there's like, Tristan at the age of 15 or something, and I'm exaggerating. I don't think it was that, that long ago. And, and that was my first, like he just, it turns out that uh, when, you know, in, in long, much more recent conversations, whatever, whatever Sam knew about me, whether it was my clinical uh, approach, which again, it was very difficult for me to actually explain uh, or something about me personally, or because maybe we had a very similar go at it uh, early in our careers uh, in the NBA, he, he's like, I knew I couldn't do this without you. And, and Sam is my boss. And, and then to learn from someone like him that, you know, what it's like to be a boss and then allow other people. Cause like at any point, anybody in Canada basketball performance staff could be carrying the football. So um, that's, that's how I got in. And, and that camp was, was, was awful. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not from a personal experience, but it was just poorly. And a few months before that, um, we uh, it was the lockout in in the NBA, and we had a we had what we call a pro camp. We were doing a lot of pro camps where um, the uh, Nike uh, Nike signed players would would use one of their appearances to come work with Spark, which had been rebooted and. And it was really just this performance consortium with some of the most amazing. I mean, I look back at like, I remember when I introduced myself, I was like, man, I just, 
me and Keith used to play wiffle ball in, in, in Boston Summer League, and I'm on the list with people like Marco Cardinale. I mean, this is unbelievable. Um, I, feel, I, I feel like this is the first time I'm allowed to sit at the adult table at Thanksgiving. <laughs> so um, I told Sam, I said, like, dude, there's even videos of, of what we did. We know how to run a camp. Like, we, this is, no one here is getting better. People are just here showing up because whatever year that was, there was no world championships or Olympics for, for, um, uh, for Canada basketball. They either didn't qualify or whatever. And, and I said, why don't that later that summer, there's, there was, um, a, it was called the university team. Jay was going to coach, but it would have like players that were either going into college or leaving college. It was, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a, for international basketball, it's like every four years, it's not a, a big, big thing. And I said, like, it's in China. So why don't we, like, we're a Nike team. Jay is assistant coach in Portland. Like, there's too much going on here that we shouldn't make this happen. Me and Keith, and uh, Keith Emilio, one of my very, very best friends, I said, like, we'll, we'll, we'll run the camp, and, it, and we'll show you, like, what I'm talking about here. And China is, I mean, Portland is on the way to China. So you're going to cut the time zone up a little bit. And, and later, that's exactly what happened. It got subsidized, you know, the right way between Nike and, and Canada basketball. And the methodology that Keith and another fellow that came through Toronto, but he's from uh, Northern Paul River, the methodology that they started is, is lock, stock, and barrel, the methodology that, that I use and that we have in Canada basketball today, um, which, was the, which was born from Spark. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, that's no longer a department in Nike the way it was when we were there. So that's the whole that that's how that all happened. What made Sam call me? I don't know, but he has said some incredibly, incredibly flattering things. That that um, like when I when I said Sam, this is shit. This is total shit. And and he'll tell other people. It's like I knew that you would say that. That's why I wanted you here. I knew you wouldn't be afraid to say that. Whereas some of the condescent that I use uh, from previous uh, uh, discussion here is like in the NBA, people don't do that. Like mm-hmm. you just get thrown out. Like if you just like, you're not complaining, you're just trying to make things better. And, by, and, and, and if that type of commentary is not welcome uh, it, it, within a machine, well, then the whole thing is Jack and, and the whole thing is F. So Mm-hmm. Sam and I are Sam and I are a team, and and um, we have interviewed together for multiple situations. We've also interviewed independently, and 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 there was one time that like there was a team that said, "Well, we don't even have enough for one of you," and then it's like, you know what? Things aren't so bad because um, how we are recognized at Canada Basketball from a performance and and the numbers are the numbers don't like I I know I say like. This is like in-house data. This isn't like independent research. And I'm controlling the narrative of how I am reporting this information. But there is no city in the world that develops more elite young basketball players than the city of Toronto. And um, there's a lot to do with that. And one of the things is the performance program from Canada Basketball. And that is not debatable. So um, that's, pretty, that's pretty cool. Like we, uh, we have the most, uh, aside from the United States, the, the mo- we, we define young elite basketball player by uh, Division One uh, uh, NCAA, and the city uh, this year we were tied last year. Well, whatever this year, last year I don't know what what year we're talking about, but um, Chicago had ninety two and we had eighty eight, 
uh, this is city, not country, city. And um, Chicago has 3 million more people than, than Toronto. And there is no definable organization that lives in the city of Chicago like Canada Basketball, which is headquartered out of Toronto. You know, like, there, there's, like, they, like our, our purpose is to do things like that, which is, uh, you know, spread the sport, and, uh, the quality of the sport. Net, uh, the following year, which would have been the most recent measure, uh, I'm pretty sure it was 92 to 92. We were tied with, uh, with, with Chicago. But, but, but more importantly, we are the only city on the list of, of like the top 10 represented in Division I that has an upward slope, meaning every year we have more players, whereas other, every other city is, all, is over, all over the place, mm. which tells us that we are, I'm saying we're trying to do this, and here's the data that says we're succeeding. I don't even think they're trying because if they are trying, they really suck compared to what we're doing. And that's, that's this, that doesn't happen without my relationship with Sam Gibbs because nobody, nobody can do this on their own. And more importantly, no one can do this without the interference and the management because that's not my role. My role is like the architect. I'm the, you know, but, but I can't accomplish things um, without, without Sam. Yeah, well, Sam's a, a good and humble man. I've known him for a while and you know, always enjoy his company. Um, you've been consulting uh, around the world with different pro teams and stuff, and I'm curious in your, in your personal experience and then with some of the consulting you've done, have you ever run into a pro organization that does call it that, that spectrum of performance A to Z well, really well? Matrix Fitness produces training equipment that focuses on improving the training experience for athletes and coaches alike, with equipment that focuses on building speed, power, and explosive performance in the most efficient manner. Matrix has partnered with some of the top sporting organizations worldwide. As a global brand with local support, the Matrix Performance Team assists their customers with solutions, research, and training protocols so coaches can focus on what they do best, help athletes prepare for competition, and get better. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Matrix Fitness Canada for the latest updates around the success stories that document what makes Matrix unique as an equipment manufacturer. Well, there's te- look. I don't know every team. Like I don't know, you know, when when uh, and put it this way, I I, I have yet to find um, an organization. That number one, I've been to. So that's a very small amount compared to all the different organizations. That's the reality. It's a very, very small sample size um, that has had that has this good reputation of of things that maybe represent what I what I believe in mm. that are any that are anywhere close. Like they don't they don't. just because your medical people don't um, you know just because they don't uh, you know, try to you know stab their fitness people in the back doesn't mean they get along. You know, just because there's a, there's comfortable discussions and, and sometimes people have dinner together. That is so not what we're talking about. Like, no, I don't, I don't know that there's a situation where every single staff member, if given a set of parameters, we would all say almost the exact same thing. That doesn't mean everybody uses the same techniques, but I, I don't know. It, it, no, no one is. And part of it, too, like we don't have the barrier of, of career. Like nobody in Canada basketball is doing this for a career. This is all a side thing. And we're all very lucky that we have the ability to take time away so we can go to camps and windows, et cetera. 
we're not doing this because we're getting paid through the nose. Like, you know, uh, so other situations like, you know, in America, you know, an athletic trainer, their average salary is like 50 grand. If that, you might be making 250. You're going to act a certain way uh, that protects your own um, personal assets rather than the growth uh, of the team. So, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think, no, no, I don't think there's been a team that, that proclaims to have this integrated uh, performance program that is nearly as integrated as it could be if they had the right system in place, which requires great people. Um, and no, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, is anywhere close? I mean, there's, there's people that will want to do it. And the real problem, especially now today, uh, versus maybe when it was when some of the stories I was telling you earlier in, in the late nineties, the, um, you know, through, through social media and through the d- dissemination of information, there's organizations that have this incredibly positive reputation and it's just total like false. Like it's totally ridiculous. Um, like, because, you know, when you're in the world, you kind of know, you, you, you learn things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of, one of those teams I interviewed for, and they said to me, Charlie, you have a really good thing going on in Canada basketball. Are you sure you really want to do this? I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> you know, is, uh, why, why, you know, like you, you, you gave me an interview here. You know, what, what is, I accepted this interview. Like where, how in the world? Yeah. Because the reality is that the, at that point they knew that I wasn't going to be the right person because, you know, even though they say they're looking for certain things, they're they're, they're or, or there was another NBA team. They were interested in both Sam and I. They said, um, we want somebody who's a physical therapist. Okay. So they were actually, there, there might've been some questionable professionalism because they were asking me a lot about Sam. I said, you should be asking him. Like, because in Canada, physical therapy isn't the same. Like there's, it's just different. Like it's, it's not that like the techniques are different. It's just not as robust a profession because you have osteopathy, you have kinesiologists, you have uh, other things. So they wanted a physical therapist. They wanted MBA experience and they want someone with leadership uh, history. I'm like, okay, well, I run a, uh, over a million dollar business, you know, single person, not that I make a million dollars uh, revenue is that. And, and I have a tip of the spear award from the United States Marine Corps Special Operations Command. Ah, maybe I, you want to look into my leadership. There might be something there. And, uh, and then they, they, so this is exactly what they're looking for. And um, we talked about numbers. We talked about money. And the, the fellow who, this one was a headhunter, um, he's like, hey, I'm going to have to go back to the team that if they want what they're looking for, they're going to have to significantly increase the money. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not like, you know, I'm, I'm, at that point when that interview happened, I, I felt like I was really on the high ground. So it was fine. Like I didn't really, uh, um, it wasn't, if I, if the opportunity didn't come through, then it was okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so yeah, like, so there's, there's teams that say they want to do these things and there's definitely eyes on what we're doing in Canada basketball. But I think when they really find out what, what it really takes, which is great people, which is a very unique thing. Like it's like, how do you find the right people? That's the magic. It's mm-hmm. not that because now if you find the right people that actually have some really good skills, then it's even more special. You got to find the right people. Last question. You're, um, you know, you do a lot of teaching now. What is, what is kind of your mission now in this uh, next part of your, your life and career? What are you, what are you trying to accomplish? 
Um, I, I want to, I really would like to, uh, to be able to put into plan, put into like, uh, you know, start to, to map out the plan, the path to, um, not retiring, but, but working how and when I want to right now, I'm not in that situation. And a lot of that is, is I'm, I'm mentored in a very particular way. I'm also from the East coast of the United States, you know, money matters. It's, uh, I'm not materialistic, you know, I, I'm not cheap, but money matters. And, and I need to keep, continue to try to serve, but also serve what is going to be important for my wife and I by pa- paving a way. Cause I'll probably, ne- I can't imagine retiring, but I could imagine working less, which I'm learning about like right now, which is, uh, you know, wow, this doesn't suck, except <laughs> it will suck if it continues because, I'm not going to have uh, you know enough resources to do other things, but that's that's really what I want to do uh, is and then however however I can do that because I think when I have that, which adds to my personal safety, I'm going to be a, a a better and a more healthier voice to talk to you in something like this, to talk to young people, to talk to pieces of garbage um, that and I and I maybe won't communicate in the way that, that maybe I have in the past, not maybe, as you say, as direct and, and be, and be more apathetic and not make them feel like, like they deserve to be felt um, because it doesn't help. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help me uh, make someone else, even though they deserve it. And, and, and there's clear, yeah, I look, I, zebra doesn't change the stripes. Okay. Um, I wish we, we could record some of these conversations I have with people sometimes because once I know it's going a different direction, I might just start toying with them like a, like a cat. Not because I'm such a brilliant uh, uh, psychological communicator. I'm like, dude, this is just ridiculous what they're talking about. So, um, yeah, that's uh, – I want to be able to set myself up where I can do what I want, when I want, and how I want, and I just think I'll be even more effective – um, and, and, and be able to, to do what people have done for me, which really funnels into when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. And I was ready at, at certain times and some amazing people, you know, kind of laid this out for me. And, and I just hope that I keep hitting base hits. Maybe I don't hit a home run all the time, but if I can keep fouling off pitches and, and put one into the opposite field, um, at least uh, I got a chance to steal a second. Well, I think that's a good way to finish. Thank you, sir, yeah. for uh, giving me your time today. And uh, I wish you the best with uh, these strange times and hopefully they remedy themselves soon. And congratulations cool. on your wedding and, and enjoy the party when it finally does come. You say, got hello it, man. say hello to Sam for me. Be good. Will do. Will do. All right. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on Leave Your Mark. I hope we've left a mark on you today. And we wish only that you pay it forward by sharing this story taking the time to rate and comment on this podcast. Please follow us at Twitter at Built by Scott and Instagram at King O'Pain and become a member of this community at Scott G. Livingston on Facebook. Have a great day. Music by Cedric de saint Rome.